Hi, I am Ritu and from Adventurize, this is Venturing Beyond, a podcast where we delve into the career stories of ambitious individuals. And today we have with us Urvashi Prasad, who is a senior public policy specialist at the office of vice chairman at Niti Aayog. We chat about career opportunities that COVID-19 brought to the forefront, the plethora of career options outside of studying medicine that exist for individuals interested in biology or life sciences as a subject, and what it's like to be working in the public sector. Um, we also dive a little bit deeper into her decision to move to India after How spending you, several years you know, in the UK and her experiences at, being involved you know, in the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum and the United Nations in various other capacities in the development sector previously. So, you know, I started mm-hmm. off my career working with a foundation um, and, and, you know, there I was basically managing you know programs funding programs which were implemented by ngos or by social enterprises again in very similar sorts of sectors um with a focus on you know improving the lives of people living in urban poverty uh, in various cities across uh, india so that's where i started off with then i went on to work with uh, a grassroots uh, ngo uh, which was working in tuberculosis control again in urban slum areas so again targeted at uh, you know, people um, living in urban poverty. Um, and then, you know, in all these programs, the government was always a very big partner uh, or you always had to collaborate with the government in some way because I think, again, it's the nature of these sectors, you know, health, especially public health, um, is actually the biggest mandate of government, you know, any any government around the world. Um, areas like health, education, nutrition, governments do have a very big role to play because markets often fail in you know many of these areas. Um, that's that's the very nature of how they are, and so governments have a very very big responsibility and a very big role to play. Um, so that is what you know I was always clear about that um, it, it it depends on what stage I get to it, and I actually thought that by working in in other organizations getting more grassroots experience um, actually made me better positioned to then come into a policy making role because you know policy making is a very very complex space and i feel that unless you really appreciate the nuances of you know what goes on on the ground what different stakeholders feel uh, and you appreciate the challenges um, uh, of you know implementing something in a real world setting you know, because in, in our academics, in our education, we often learn about the perfect scenario. You know, this is how ideally things should be. Uh, but policy making teaches you that, you know, things are rarely ideal. You know, the real world is far from ideal. You know, it's full of challenges, full of complexities. And yet, how do you, you know, push forward a certain agenda that you believe is, is you know, truly good and truly impactful? So I think that comes with a certain amount of experience. It comes with a certain amount of maturity. It comes with a certain amount of interaction with a wide range of stakeholders. Um, and also it brings you humility to know what you can and what you cannot do and, and in what sort of time frame, you know, because sometimes when you're very, very idealistic, you, you know, you just think, okay, I should just be able to do everything. You know, why is it taking so much time or why is it so hard to do? And I think you learn that humility over the years of working in the sector that sometimes you genuinely have to be patient. You have to find creative ways to, you know, work around a very, very intractable kind of problems. You know, these are problems that people before you 
have probably spent their entire lifetime trying to tackle. So they are not easy problems to tackle. And so you also have to have that little bit of humility also when you know when you approach these. So I think having had you know these kinds of experiences, I then felt that I would be in a better position to you know work within the government system, work within the policy making situation. Um, because I would have a better appreciation of, you know, while I know what I want to ideally do, um, I would also have a better sense of, you know, how things might actually pan out in the real world and, you know, how I can make things happen. So I think it was a conscious decision to that extent that I do want mm -hmm. to eventually work within the government system uh, and within the policy making system. Because as I said, the government is the biggest stakeholder uh, in the sectors that I work in. So that is that is the view with which I, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't like I have to come to Niti Aayog or, you know, I could have, I could have worked in another type of institution also. It's just that Niti Aayog does give a lot of opportunities to uh, people who are domain uh, experts um, and, and, you know, they constantly uh, recruit for such kind of people. So I got the opportunity here and, and then over time it worked out well for me. Right. Yeah, since you mentioned, you know, working, having that experience of working at different organizations and understanding the grassroots uh, reality of things and then coming to Niti Aayog, which is obviously, you know, more like a top-down perspective on like, you know, very high level thinking on how these things can be structurally changed. Um, uh, so I worked at a public health nonprofit a couple of years ago. And yeah. one of the, the things that I saw a lot of people talking about, so this was uh, a firm based out of Boston and they had they were doing work in pretty much you know multiple parts of the world but the consulting sort of thing was done out of the office in Boston and one of the things that that came up quite often was really being able to assess the the impact of the kind of work they were doing and getting that feedback as well because after this nonprofit was doing their job it was really hard for them to even understand what they were doing was making the the kind of difference that they were hoping to be able to make changes to their work too so having had both kinds of experiences in your life uh, like what's your perspective on that is it something that um, you know is still a struggle for organizations that work at the the upper level yeah i mean it's you know it's obviously very complex in in this kind of a context um, mm -hmm. again like i talking about India, you know, and the federal structure and you know, states versus center. So to really know whether something is working or not, it's obviously a much more complex exercise because, you know, it, it, it's not enough to just look at the government data itself. And that's why I was mm -hmm. saying that we try to look at a whole lot of, you know, other sources of information and data. Um, but I think overall, you know, if you really want to get a very realistic assessment of, you know, how well uh, you're being able to do, you know, on a particular program or a particular policy um, that would need a fixing of the entire data system. And that's, of course, something that NITI is also involved with. Um, and we're also trying to work on that, that, you know, how do you uh, integrate all the different data sources? Because, you know, right now we have a lot of different data systems, but they don't talk to each other necessarily. Um, so how do you integrate that? How do you make the quality of data better? But I think it's most important that all the stakeholders, you know, right from top to bottom, understand what is the value of doing something like this. And I think that is equally important um, because a lot of the times, you know, when you see programs being implemented at the grassroots level and there's a health worker or somebody else who has to input certain data, 
um, a lot of the times they are not even sure themselves that you know why exactly are we doing this or what is it going to be used for how is it going to benefit us how is it going to benefit the program so i think this understanding you know often we just talk of these mm. things in terms of technology or it systems or but a lot of it is human behavior and and human you know understanding of of what you think something really helps with um and i think that is equally important uh, and that is where a large part of the struggle is because for a lot of people it's not completely clear how the feedback loops work you know what are they being used for you know where do they end up um do they really change anything or not so i think those are also the kinds of things that um need to be addressed you know before you can get a very sort of accurate answer to this question of you know whether it's working or it's it's not working um but in the absence of that of course you keep doing you know the kinds of things that uh, that i was mentioning earlier you do try to you know keep assessing uh, as much as you can um you know what is the impact what is your you know sort of effectiveness in the real world of of anything that you're doing but i think to make it much better and to make it much sharper um you need to address these sort of fundamental issues so so i think that's the direction that you know we need to go towards and at least some steps are being taken but again as i said with the kind of scale we have here it's not about one institution or one you know set of people or you know just one government it, it has to be a very very collaborative effort you know across the country so so i think that's going to take a lot of time obviously sort of get to that ideal scenario right absolutely um i have a ton of questions you know just pertaining to your current position but like i want to get into the other things that you've done as well but really quickly um if you were to be talking to someone who's interested in working in public health or just you know public policy in general some sort of like development work what what would your recommendations be uh, are these uh, you know positions at such organizations really specific to really deep knowledge in the subject or could like an entry level person start off a career in these organizations no i think there's opportunities available at different levels so mm-hmm. um, even for a relatively you know um, entry level uh, person somebody maybe who just done their mm-hmm. masters has maybe a couple of years of work experience so even people i mean the specific requirements obviously vary um mm-hmm. and and you know that that is advertised and put out on the website etc but there are there are roles for entry level um people as well so so i think at that stage you know if if you want to like get sort of a very um sort of high level overview you just want to like do a little bit of research into some of these areas get some sort of exposure um then i think those positions could be you know interesting for for somebody like that um but i think then eventually there's also positions progressively for you know people who have much deeper experience and and domain knowledge and so i think niti aayog of course has a lot of these positions and and that's why i said it becomes often a very obvious choice for somebody um who's wanting to work in the government and you know yet is coming in from the outside um is not a civil servant or you know a, a bureaucrat um but there's also positions that a lot of state governments advertise um mm-hmm. and i think some of those could be very interesting also because state governments as i said in india are really the ones who are on the ground you know and and they are the ones who are really sort of implementing the programs and so if you do want a much uh, sort of a closer experience to you know a program on the ground and what really goes on and uh, what are the kinds of you know challenges and and um, you know 
opportunities there then i think you should you know it's also worth looking at state government positions and these are these are also often advertised like publicly and you know you can apply and the process is usually usually quite uh, open and and transparent so so i think and there's also like government think tanks you know other types of government think tanks as well which might be more focused on um you know either financing you know this public financing or you know certain other types of areas that people might be interested in that's that's my expectation that there will be more and more roles for people who want to come in as professionals or who want to come in as sectoral um domain experts as opposed to you know people who want to like necessarily stay in the government or make a career of it for their lifetimes uh, i think there'll be much more flexibility for people to come in work for a few years go out maybe do something else maybe come back to the government at a at a more senior position or at a different position mm -hmm. so i think that's generally going to be the direction in which uh, things will go and keeping in mind that we have last like 10 minutes left for this um i kind of wanted to switch gears towards uh, your early life and your childhood you obviously did your bachelor's masters and mphil uh, in the uk and i think you worked there for a few years as well so i was wondering you know what were your early years like did you always know you wanted to work in the development sector how did you figure that out and um, and also really quickly what made you come back to india after you know living in the uk for so many years yeah so you know i did my schooling of course mostly in india uh, i did spend a year in um, in vienna in in austria um, but apart from that most of my schooling uh, was in india and when i was at school i used to really like you know studying biology and i think that was mostly because we had best teacher Uh, for biology you know it just goes to show that teachers uh, you know really have a very big role to play in shaping your um, you know interests and shaping your path and so i it's a subject i just took to very very naturally and um i you know found it really fascinating so so that is why um i thought you know i do want to study it in a much more deeper level because at that time when i was finishing school in india uh, most of the undergrad options we had were like pure biology you know so you could either do zoology or you could do botany i actually wanted to do life sciences i wanted to go like much broader and also much deeper into like different areas so um so then i decided to go to the uk because the uk did have um, you know even at that time um you know very cutting edge sort of education and research in these fields so i did life sciences i actually specialized in genetics um in 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 my undergrad and you know a lot of people say well you don't really use genetics very much now and i said you know it's it's not about really using it necessarily in your everyday work but i have that understanding you know i have that appreciation and i think genetics is a fascinating field you know and and again you know genetics of viruses uh, is something that could be so relevant you know now we are talking of pandemics and viruses and you know how how viral behavior actually is um that's a fascinating field in itself so i think i i mean in the uk i really got this you know very broad exposure to to the field of life sciences healthcare uh, but it was always very clear that i wanted to apply this to you know really improve people's lives in a very very tangible sense so you know one route i could have taken was to go down the more scientific route i could have uh, you know gone down the sort of laboratory research and science and the other is to to actually work in healthcare in public health in in health related programs policies uh, and that's the route that i uh, you know thought that you know i would like to take because you know i would be able to very directly very quickly uh, very tangibly 
you know, be able to see that impact in, in front of my eyes. And so I think that was very clear for me. And when you talk of healthcare, um, you know, and, and, you know, this is to your question that, you know, what brought you back here. And I think I, uh, growing up, you see a lot of inequity, you know, and, I, and as, as I grow up in India, and I see that even today, and that inequity, I would say, has always been the biggest driver for me. You know, that why is it that some of us don't need to even think twice, you know, before going to a doctor or before going to a hospital, we can have the best of services at our disposal. Um, whereas there is so many people out there who, you know, who cannot even get access to some of the most basic services, the most basic life-saving interventions. So I think the inequity is really acute. Um, and, and I think in a country like India, which is so large, which is, you know, which has got so much diversity, that inequity hits you even stronger. Um, so I think I was always therefore very clear that I do want to bring this sort of world-class education skills and also networks. Um, I think a big part of my UK education was my networks, my classmates, uh, many of whom I'm still in you know, touch with. Um, I think I wanted to bring all of that back to India uh, and see what can I do here to make at least a small impact. As I said, that you know, I, it's not that I think, or, you know, I'm arrogant enough to think I can change the whole landscape or I can address all of healthcare inequity in India. I mean, obviously not. But to be able to make even a small dent, you know, in, in this vast uh, sort of ocean of problems. But I think I was always very clear that the inequity, you know, in, in my own country is, is really what I want to make some amount of a difference to. And, and, and that's why I chose to come back here. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a beautiful answer. It's definitely a super noble intention that not a lot of us have because again, it comes back to the lifestyle and the money you make and all those kinds of things. So that's definitely beautiful and amazing. Um, I kind of wanted to switch gears and talk about, you know, the kinds of things you've involved with the World Health Organizations um, and also the World Economic Forum to a certain degree. What has your experience been like? And, and do you see you know, um, a very clear difference between how these really humongous organizations function as opposed to how, you know, things work at the government level? Anything that stands out? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the bigger the organization, you know, obviously there's a lot of bureaucracy there and that that is very similar to how governments also operate. Um, I think any large organization, organization you know any very large mm -hmm. organization has its own you know bureaucracy and you know you can sometimes get stuck in those systems and procedures and you know uh, all those kinds of things so but yes there's there is a lot of you know inherent uh, bureaucracy sometimes slowness you know that i was referring to in the beginning things can just seem to move a little slower than what you might like you know and and the pace at which you might like to move but i think they have their own benefits i think the world economic forum for instance you know i've uh, been part of their communities purely on a volunteering sort of basis um, and part of a lot of the volunteering projects um, in the case of you know WEF, i have done mostly projects which are gender related um, and and because you know that's also a personal passion of mine you know a, apart from an area that i work on i also feel very strongly about uh, you know, making sure girls have equal access to, you know, education, you know, they have access to uh, a safe environment. Um, so I have worked on, you know, some of those uh, projects in, in, you know, purely a voluntary capacity. And I think 
they have a certain convening power these organizations you know they are able to bring a lot of different kinds of stakeholders to the same table to the same platform um, so you get to build your networks uh, you get to interact again with a very wide range of uh, you know stakeholders both national as well as international um, so i think that for me you know the organizations like these i think that's the biggest advantage you know that that they bring or the biggest plus um and if you can find you know a way to you know still carve out something meaningful and tangible for yourself uh, while being you know in this sort of large setup and i think it can be that happy balance between you know being in a large organization and yet not feeling lost or you know not feeling that i'm not really being able to contribute tangibly or i don't see my tangible contribution so i think that is that is how i look at it yeah and you mentioned a little bit earlier that you know studying in the uk gave you uh, the opportunity to find network and find people that you know were interested in similar things or um, had worked in certain fields i'm just curious you know working at these you know really big name organizations uh, do you need to have a network or how did you get your opportunities right was it through just you saw a job online and you applied for it or was it through people yeah how does that look like from someone from outside wants to know yeah i i mean i think in in yeah in these organizations knowing people is certainly very helpful i think there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that uh, i mean for me it's been a mix of both i mean a lot of things i've just applied for and you know happened somebody happened to call me interview me you know and then it went forward uh, but over time of course then my networks have helped me with this right so people i know who are working at certain places or you know like who can at least just make sure that you know my profile or my work at least it can get noticed you know by by the right people there um, so i think that, that that is definitely useful but i think you build up these networks and contacts over time so i think that's of course a very ongoing thing that you know you will keep trying to build these relationships these networks but it should never stop you from you know like just you should still i have just cold called a lot of people i've reached out to a lot of people you know if i really felt i wanted to try something i've gone ahead and done it you know and and i think that's fine you know at most you'll fail that's okay you know you will you will get another opportunity something else will come your way right yeah just like how we called reach out to you for this podcast really weren't expecting for you to get back but i have been really glad about that now to be cognizant of time i know we are like over a couple of minutes so really quickly i just wanted like to ask you um if you have any book recommendations or just generally learning resources for someone interested in public health or even just public policy in general yeah i mean i you know i just read like a lot of the current uh, you know opinion pieces um i would mm-hmm. say that more than books because books can sometimes be you know a little bit you know you really have to set aside a certain amount of time and you and you have to also feel interested in that topic to that depth and that's not necessarily yeah. always for everybody so i would certainly recommend especially in policy um to read like the opinion pieces that come out you know in 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 the in the national newspapers or internationally if you are you know so inclined um there's a lot of people who who regularly publish columns write pieces you know on on a whole host of subjects and and i would i would really not like limit myself to reading one or the other i tend to read all of these you know because again mm-hmm. i might agree i might disagree but it gives me very much needed you know perspective on on any issue um because i think that's the only way to learn and to grow so i, 
I'm, I would really advocate for like reading um, opinion pieces by, you know, these could be leading economists, these could be academicians, uh, these could be, you know, people working in the private sector. A lot of people have started writing and, you know, expressing their views in, in just the mass media, uh, especially when you talk of public policy or, you know, areas like this, get a, a broad perspective of, you know, like what are the kind of views out there? And, and, and what are people thinking and, you know, what, what is the opinion right now out there? What is the kind of, uh, you know, general discourse, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rather than thinking of it very academically or very sort of, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would say very practically, um, I would, I would say that, you know, this is a good approach to take. Right, absolutely. Um, um, thank you so much for taking your time, Urvashi. And I had a ton of other questions specific to the field as well, which we couldn't get to. So I'm hoping we could do, you know, a part two and dive deeper into public sure. health only. Uh, but thank you so much for taking time for this. Really appreciate it.